Hi, welcome to Authentic Conversation with Kim. I was sitting here thinking about how to do what I need to do. And then I said, I didn't want to do it right now. And so I decided to get on a podcast and talk about some things that's been on my mind. Excuse me. And so, it's a couple of things that um, I've been thinking about and considering. One, I'm just very grateful and thankful for the season. I love um, Christmas time. I love Advent. I love I love it because it's just something I feel like is mystical and magical about the season. It's like this love and this giving and um, this briskness thing. And, you know, all the Christmas shows and stuff like that. It's just, you know, it's just nice to see and beautiful and the trees and the lights. And I just, I I really love it. And so um, I've already been wishing people Merry Christmas. So Merry Christmas to everybody. And I get how people, you know, it's like, well, it's commercial and I don't celebrate it. Oh, and happy Hanukkah. I think this is the last day of Hanukkah, so happy Hanukkah. And um, sorry, I didn't miss it. Um, But happy Hanukkah to everybody. So it's just a season and realizing that, you know, this is a time for reflection, a time for... um, renewal, a time for remembrance. It's just a beautiful time and I know that you know, excuse me, some people kind of shy away from it and don't like it, you know, for the commercialism or because people, you know, who are dear to them are no longer around or, you know, they just don't want to celebrate it or they don't like the people or the ham or whatever it is. It's, It's always, you know, somebody that have a different look on it and you know whatever floats your boat but for me for Kim I like it I like Christmas I like Advent I like the celebration I like the lights the decorations I really really do the green I saw beautiful decorations today um for the holidays and so that was one of the things that I was thinking about and then um the peace, the peace, the the peace on the earth and how there's a calmness and again with the music and um, what is it, the temptation song. I can't think of the name right now, but my mother would play that song. Well, she would play the album. We had the album, the Temptations Christmas album, the white um, cover with them on the front in the black, like if anybody knows that. A classic, <clears throat> and she would play. Well, we would have to play, like, put the album on as <laughs> soon as, like, after Thanksgiving. Because for me, Christmas in the season is not until after Thanksgiving, even though we start, you know, planning for the new year and stuff like that, doing Thanksgiving. And then I think I saw somebody on, they was like, Does the tree go up Thanksgiving? Does it go up? 
um, before Christmas, Christmas Eve. You know, everybody has their different things on how to do it. Um, <clears throat> but the album, I can't, Silent Night, that's the song, Silent Night. And, you know, the peace on earth. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful song. And it doesn't matter where you are when it comes on. It's just this chills and it's a classic. And so um, just thinking about that and, you know, for the faith believer, you know, this is us celebrating Jesus' birthday. And I get it. It's always an argument and a debate when Jesus was born, was it cold? There was no Christmas trees. Oh, man-made, manufactured, all this other stuff. And I get that part of it. But I'm also constantly thinking, like, what harm is it? What harm is it to take a day to celebrate the birth of Christ? Whether he was born on December 25th or he was born in May or April, the calendar in itself has been changed. So again, but the whole point is it's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's the it's a thing that we do in order to just commemorate and to honor and to acknowledge and to pay homage and to to have a little glee. And I think it's the perfect time because based on a calendar, it's this renewing and this this miraculous and this hope that we get prior to enter into a new year and so i figure that it has its place you understand what i'm saying like i just figure that and again i think as we get older some things it's just like it's not a big deal and of course you know teaching your children about the reason for the season and of course you know wanting to uphold it to the best possible way and ability of focusing on Jesus Christ and his birth, which I find interesting that people acknowledge it from all faiths and walks of life. They acknowledge it. They can't discount it. It's like a national thing, you know. Um, It's a world thing for the most part, but people celebrate it in different ways and at different times doing different things. Um, I was telling somebody that um, a few years ago, um, I found the pickle, right? It's like this pickle ornament and that you put it on the tree and it's actually German. It's a German tradition and you put the pickle on the tree and whoever finds the pickle first is the first person that opens the gift. And so, you know, you hide it in the tree and whoever finds it first is the first person that um, gets to open the gift. And so, you know, that's one of their traditions. Some people have mistletoe. Some people have they put, what, popcorn on the tree. <laughs> Never thought to do that. You know, I don't like um, the garland. I don't like that. I don't like that on a tree. Um, I like it simplistic, you know, kind of thing. And I think garland. My mother used to love to put icicles. And I don't like it only because, and she would make sure you don't clump it together. <laughs> Thank you for reminiscing with me, y'all. But make sure you don't clump it together. But what I don't like about it is that it get caught in the vacuum cleaner when you're trying to clean it up or it just be everywhere. It's like cat hair. <laughs> so I don't really like it. But every now and again, every year, 
every now and again, every other year, something like that, I try to put it on the tree just for her, you know. But, yeah, it ain't making it on the tree this year. But then that's the thing. If you got an artificial tree, it still be on the tree the next year after you done took it down because it don't go nowhere. Like, it... <laughs> Lord have mercy, but that is my thing about um, Christmas. But also, so I thought about um, I was I was gonna say something about one, but I don't want to say it. Never mind. Um, but then today, this morning, I was thinking about getting on the podcast, and I was thinking about that saying of sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. I remember that saying. And I know you remember it. And then you realize that as we got older and you would have people say that it's so not true. Because sticks and stones hurt. And so do words. And I did a podcast early, early on when I first started about words and the significance of words and what they mean and how you know when you're talking to people how you have to define terms and stuff like that but again the things that we say and how I don't even I don't really want to go with how we say it I really don't want to do that that's a really for a whole nother day but the words the things that we say Mm, 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 mm. And the interesting thing, it could be good and bad. So you have words that we ascribe to be good, but then if there's no actions that precede those words, then those words that are actually perceived good turns to bad words for the individual because there was no action that preceded it. You know, telling somebody you love them, but your actions are not showing them. And so that word, although it's a good word, has now harmed somebody because it has not been displayed as one would perceive it to be. And again, we know love for most people, and I've talked about it before, is a subjective term. But I'm thinking about how we really need to be considerate and mindful of one another. And remember when they used to say, like, if you can't say anything good, don't say nothing at all. Remember that? If you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say nothing. If you don't have nothing, you can't say nothing good, don't say anything. But silence is golden. Golden. And sometimes I think, even like an apology, I remember... um, And I don't know if I spoke about this before, but I had a white guy apologize to me about slavery, which I personally, like, I I didn't know. Like, I didn't know, like, I may have had some underlining hint of resentment or anger or hostility or whatever. Like, I can't. I watched Roots like one time and I think I was like early teens. (laughs) And I don't even know if I watched it in its entirety. Um, But because I grew up in the city, 
And because of my, you know, the time when I grew up, I wasn't, personally, I don't believe that I was affected by it. But I had a guy apologize to me about slavery. And I think that we can do that. I think, and I've apologized to men who've been hurt by women on behalf of women. You know, I've apologized to students who've been hurt by teachers or who've been hurt by adults or parents. Because I think sometimes people do things not knowing the impact or say things not knowing the impact of what they've said. And it's sad that we feel like, oh, well, you just need to get over it. And granted, I'm a big proponent. I am like, suck it up, get over it, move on. I am. I I totally am because I've grown to a place and I realize that you have people who are not going to take responsibility for their actions and that if you don't forgive them, if you don't let it go, that it ends up bothering you for the remainder of however long you allow it to bother you. So I am a big proponent of that. However, I feel as if we think that it's still okay to have people hurting because if somebody has done something and they haven't gotten over it. And so it's like an and of both. Like, yeah, you got to get over it. But yeah, also, we need to be aiming to help fix some of this stuff that has happened to people unbeknownst to us because we're now better or we're able to do it. We need to be able to apologize for other people's stuff. It doesn't make, it's not me. I didn't do nothing wrong. Like, it ain't me. But the fact of the matter is they may very well need an apology that they may never get from another individual. And I don't see what the harm is in that. Because, again, you know, one bad apple kind of spoils the whole bunch. And if you're in that position, when they see you, they're not going to be able to do what they need to do because they're still remembering a person in that position who hurt them or harmed them. And so in order for us to move on, it has to be some onus somewhere. And for us, you know me, bigger person, in order to move on and get what we need to get accomplished because now you're here, you're you're with me, you're in my space, I'm in your space, we're here. And so there's a hindrance, there's a block. And whatever it is, let's, whatever. Like if we need to apologize, if we need to write some stuff down, we need to rip some stuff up, whatever it is that we need to do in order for us to move on, then let's do that. I had a young girl tell me, the other day that her parents don't support her and she's doing good well she appears to be doing good and doing the right thing and as an adult in her life and I'm saying to myself like sweetheart like listen I'm saying it's her like listen like they may not they may not know how to support you in this and the fact that they're parents, you're like, you're a parent. Like, how you not know? Like, you need to be cheering me on. But then if they didn't get it, 
Or if there's something, it doesn't mean that they don't love her in my mind. Like, it doesn't mean they don't love you. It doesn't mean they don't care. They're just not able to do this. But you can't harp on them not being able to support you and then not do what you got to do. And now you figure, and we've seen it. Y'all seen it. Okay, well, you. I'm not getting a reaction from you in this. So let me do that to get a reaction. So now you go do something crazy and stupid and you definitely going to get a reaction from that. No. So instead of allowing her to feel like she needs this approval, let me give you some approval. You're doing the right thing. You're wonderful. You're great. (laughs) Keep up the good work. Keep doing it. And eventually they come around. And if they don't, then you know that you still are important. You're able to do what you're supposed to do. And they did what they had to do. They did. They, they, they brought you to life. They brought you to the age of majority. And now you got to go on. And it's hard. I get it. And it's not nice. And it's not fair. And it sucks. But those are real things that's happening in people's lives. And the fact of the matter is if we keep in saying like, oh, words don't matter. And the things that we say are not important or not, you know, bothersome or haven't like planted seeds in people of negativity, of hurt, of despair, of depression, of despondency, of all those negative things. In the same way how we use those negative words, they say you need to have at least three times as many positive words to combat a negative word and it may be more than that now because that was a few years ago and we can so quick and I've been guilty of it and may find myself guilty again but we quick to use our mouths to spew out venom you know or to say with somebody not going through what they, you know, not capable of doing. Or even not using our words to uplift and encourage and support people. And then we wonder why. And then it's like, oh, well, you need to get it. What do you mean? How are they going to get it if nobody is saying it? Or if somebody's saying it and they're saying it wrong. Or there's faulty theology. Or there's no communication and there's no conversation. How are they going to get it? I I really want to... I remember when we was in school, we would have assemblies. We would have people come and talk to us. We would have people sit and have conversations with us. And that's why now, like, motivational speaking is so big and coaching is so big because society realizes that there's a need. There's a need to pour into people verbally. How are they going to know if nobody says anything? How are they going to know if the if if the people that's in positions are just walking by, won't say good morning, won't say how you doing, won't say, ain't nobody talking about touching and hugging and all that other stuff. That is unnecessary. <laughs> it's not a part of the deal. It don't even have to be. But a word of good morning and how are you, everything okay, what's going on? You know why people don't ask? Because they don't want to be involved. Because they know you have to take time to be in somebody's life. 
You have to make yourself available available once you open that door. And people don't want to do it. And the fact of the matter is, it really don't take a lot of time as you think it does. It really doesn't. And even when you have those situations, those are really rare situations where it's somebody who requires a whole lot of your time. And the reason why they require more time now is because they wasn't getting it from the beginning. And now you don't waste 10 and 15 years of somebody's life that you've seen day in and day out not saying not a word to them. Or four years if you talk about school. Or you done lived next to somebody for so and so many years and you just decided not to ever even speak or say anything to sow into their lives. To, or you pass somebody, you see somebody in the grocery store or the same person all the time, the postman, whoever, and you just opt not to, and you're not knowing what people are going through, and you just don't care. And I get it. It's okay. You don't want to be involved. That's fine. And again, for me personally, anything I say, you know you got to pray about because everything is not for everybody. But for where your sphere of influence is and where you are, you have a due diligence Because this is the thing, if you don't talk to them, and you don't talk to people, and you don't watch what you say, and you're not, there's somebody else that's going to be able to do it. And we don't know if they're going to be adding to the venom, or if they're going to be trying to, 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 the, well, I mean, the opposite of the venom is to actually suck it out, but I ain't even want to go there, but you get my point. Like... What are we going to do? How are we going to resolve a lot of this as far as people feeling some kind of way because they got so much negative thought embedded in them based on things that people have said to them and things that they've experienced and they have nobody to tell them something contrary and nobody to take the time to tell them contrary. And so that's why I like this season. Because no matter where you are, <laughs> you go into the store, you go here. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare his moon. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing. Or come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. (coughs) Christ the Lord. Or peace on earth, goodwill towards men. You know, or Merry Christmas. And when you hear that, something in us is reminded that there's value in humanity. And if there's value in humanity, then there's value in me, in you, in us, and them. And so, those are my thoughts. Imagine my face. 
and I'm going to see if I can find some Christmas music to go with this. 